Besides the obvious dental health benefits to taking our kids to see the dentist, there can also be mental health benefits to our kids having a smile that they're proud of. And joining me today to help us prepare our kids to see a dentist and discuss the many benefits to good oral hygiene is Dr. Harvey Wu. He's a dentist with ICHS. Welcome to Together We Rise Wellness Podcast from International Community Health Services. I'm Scott Webb. Doctor, thanks so much for your time today. I have a couple of kids and of course they went to the dentist the first time and maybe there was some uncertainty, some anxiety and so on. So it's great to have you on today and kind of talk through this for parents and they can share your words of wisdom with their kids. As we get rolling here, when and how often should a parent take their child to the dentist? Generally, we recommend taking your child to their first dental visit, maybe no later than their first birthday. Maybe even by the time their first baby tooth erupts, that's a good time. So maybe anywhere between six months to a year, I think that's a good time to bring your baby in for a first dental checkup. And then how often? I would say every six months. So every six months, we like to have the kid come back for a checkup. However, if some kids that they have um, more risk factors, they are more prone to getting, for example, uh, cavities. We might want to bring them back more often, maybe every three months or so. And then maybe we want to give them supplemental uh, fluoride, for example. Yeah, and obviously if parents have concerns, as you say, if maybe they just know that there's a genetic history or a genetic predisposition to cavities and things, we can just bring them back more often, of course. And when the parents are trying to explain to their kids exactly what goes on once they get in that chair and they put on the cool sunglasses, what can they tell them about the oral exams? We routinely look for cavities, of course. We look for a teething pattern. We might even want to look for habits that the child might have, such as thumb sucking. And more importantly, I think I want to look at the oral hygiene of the child patient because a lot of it I do want to emphasize is on prevention. I want to instill a good home care and then also instill a good dietary habits for the kid because this goes a long way if they have that down every day they do it for the child patient and then it just goes a long way. So a lot of it's prevention and education. Yeah, you're so right. It's much easier to hopefully prevent cavities and other types of issues than it is to treat them after the fact. And you mentioned thumb sucking there, and I was just thinking back to my son. Hopefully he won't be embarrassed by this, but it was a real challenge that his dentist set for him to try to get him to stop the thumb sucking because she could see what it was doing to his teeth, and it became this challenge for him. And I'm sure maybe you do that as well, where you want kids to know that, hey, Dr. Wu is rooting for you. You can do this, right? Yeah, so I just told him as a no, because uh, if the thumb uh, or the finger is always come in the way between the teeth, you can imagine there's always like an open bite. The teeth just won't come in correctly. So we need to identify and address these problems as early as possible. Yeah, and when we think about how parents uh, sort of prepare for that first visit, what they can expect, I'm sure maybe it helps you if they, you know, have a little bit of a list, things that they're concerned about, questions they may have. But what would be your general advice about preparing for that first visit? We want to make it like somewhat informal. First of all, it's just like information gathering. We want to gather some health history, like I alluded to the previously. Was I want to know what the parent do in terms of home care for the child? Like, do you brush the teeth twice a day? Do you floss? Things like that, because it goes back to education and prevention again. And of course, the first visit we would do a visual exam just to check all the oral health, how the brushing, flossing, any habits. And then we will go on to checking the gums, all the jaws, the bite, and then the oral tissues. We might even perform a little cleaning. 
And then when they're a little older, by, for example, maybe three or four, we might even want to take some x-rays and see if there are any cavities in between the teeth and such. So we just want to make it friendly and comfortable so uh, they do uh, come back because this is their dental home at ICHS. Yeah, kind of friendly and fun and maybe even some toys. I remember my kid's dentist had the toy box so they could go and they could yeah, pick. Yeah, we, 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 we do need to bribe them a little bit. A little, yeah, a little bribery does <laughs> go a long way. And I can remember because, you know, when your kids are little and you're a parent, you kind of have to brush for them. You certainly have to help them brush. And so I felt this pressure as a parent that if they came in and there was a signs of a cavity, I almost felt like it was my fault. But at some point, it's about teaching the kids, obviously, good brushing habits and so on. And when parents are trying to choose a dentist for their child, for me, I know that a lot of it had to do with their dentist personality. She was just friendly and fun and welcoming. But what would be your advice when parents are trying to choose that first dentist for their children? What sort of due diligence should they do? What should they be on the lookout for? Red flags? And why would you like them to choose you, maybe? Personally, I've had some patients of my own. I have worked at ICHS for many years. I had patients that they went on to have children of their own, and then they asked me, do you see any kids here? I said, of course we do. We have been seeing kids for so many years. I myself have. And then that comforted them. And then because I feel like they have some trust in me and our clinic already, and then they went on to bring their kids, and then we kind of connected, and I feel there's that trust factor that has to be present. Bring the kid in. We make the clinic kid-friendly. Our dentists and staff, we like to work with kids. I think it's just the trust factor. have a little bit more of a serious question for you. Do you believe or is there evidence that dental health really affects children's mental health? Is there a connection there? I feel so. Because maybe, uh, for example, if a child has like cavities, has missing teeth, they might not have as much self-confidence. And that would have an impact on their emotional and social well-being, of course. So naturally, I feel there is relationship. Conversely, I also feel like children's mental health may also have an effect on their dental health, too. Because naturally, if, for example, if you're not feeling your best, maybe you're a little stressed out from school and everything, what is our propensity to do? It's like maybe we don't want to take care of teeth as well. I do feel like they are interlinked. With that said, it's probably important to prioritize your child's oral health and healthy mouth, healthy body. I believe in that, yeah. I think you're so right. And it didn't affect my mental health per se, as far as I know. But I broke my front two teeth when I was 11 years old. Oh, wow. And I had crowns put on. And they're very nice crowns. They've been replaced a couple of times. And they look great. They look like normal teeth. But it definitely affected my willingness to smile. Right. Like I was yeah. a smiler up till age 11. And then after that, I became very self-conscious. And so I really can understand what you're saying, that there is a connection between how we feel about our teeth and whether we smile like on the inside and the outside. I know we're getting deep for a dental conversation, but <laughs> I, I think you're right. There is a connection there, isn't there? I had to think a little deeper, too. It's like sometimes we may be doing a lot of, for example, general dentistry feelings. And some patients, they want to have better looking teeth. They want to be able to smile more and be able to interact with people a little better, among other factors, too. So definitely, I feel like, yes, that, that has an effect on one another between the dental health and one's mental health. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they really are interlinked, and I'm glad we covered that. And I know you serve a very diverse population, diverse communities at ICHS, and as you said, you've been there a long time. Interested in knowing what barriers do the immigrant and refugee families you serve face as they try to access dental services? 
ICHS, we do serve uh, very diverse communities. The first one that comes to my mind is probably a language barrier because a lot of them, English is obviously is not their first language. In order to provide effective communication and care, we need to be on the same page. So at ICHS, we do provide interpretation, either whether that be in-person interpretation or a video-based interpretation. So that has helped a lot in terms of helping our patient getting the correct interpretation. Second one, I believe, is cultural differences because everyone comes from different backgrounds. Maybe I can give an example where there have been more than a couple of times, I'm just doing a checkup on this kid, and the kid, unfortunately, has a lot of cavities. And the mom's like, well, I mean, these are all baby teeth anyway, so they're all going to fall out eventually, so why do we even have to fix them? kind of goes back to, like, that's their beliefs. I understand that. But it's also uh, we need to uh, be able to educate them on prevention and also provide treatment as needed. That's on the uh, cultural differences between the care team and then the family. And then the last one, if you talk about dental services, would be the uh, high cost of dental care. I think the perception of that is, you know, people in general just feel like dental care is not very accessible, it's expensive. So a lot of them, they may not come to the doctor or the dentist until it's hurting. And they're afraid that it might be really expensive, so they might just want to avoid it altogether. A lot of them, for the immigrant and refugee families, they do have state-funded insurance. We do help a lot of them at our locations at ICHS. We are able to help a lot of the families over the years, yes. Yeah, and you can see, obviously, that there are these barriers. And good to know that ICHS is doing everything you can to try to make this accessible and affordable. This has been really educational and fun today. I told you how I chose my kid's dentist. She was friendly and fun. And Dr. Wu, you're friendly and fun. This was great. Thank you so much. You stay well. Okay, thank you so much for having me again. And for more information, go to ICHS.com. This has been the Together We Rise Wellness Podcast from International Community Health Services. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to share on your social media channels and check out our entire podcast library for additional topics of interest. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again next time.